everything you want in life. On the other side of that is confidence and self-esteem. Period, end of story. From the bedroom to the boardroom, if you want to be a parent that's modeling it to your children, you have to have it. So this is not necessarily about like how to have confidence and go speak on a stage to 50,000 people. That's part of it. But there are people that go and speak on a stage to 50,000 people and they get off the stage and they can't fucking talk to their neighbor or their loved one or draw a boundary with a family member. And that's no good either. That's not confidence either. And then there's people that are quiet and confidence can be quiet. You know, this is not about being boisterous or extroverted or like me where, you know, I could just sort of talk freely like this. That is not what it's about. But being confident as fuck is inside and out. You know, it's not a manufactured version of you, right? It's getting to the point where you feel it through and through. And when you do that, life is fucking great. Life is so much better. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lessa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, be it babes. All right. I got something for you. You do not need to listen to this week's podcast on 2.0 speed. (laughs) As you know, I already live my life in 1.5 speed and my guest this week, El Russ, I fucking love her. This is going to be a great interview. You've ever wondered like how to be confident. She's about to just like give you a total master class in it. So get your notepads out, get the save button on there. Um, you're going to want to follow her, find her and take all the things she has. I got so much out of this because I think there are some things that I didn't realize I was doing as a confident person. And so first of all, I got like tons of affirmation on this. <laughs> Not that it's about me, but truly like, I think some of you might be wandering around thinking you're not a confident person all the time, but you might listen to things she's saying and realize, whoa, you have a lot more confidence than you're giving yourself credit for. And others, you might be going, oh, these are the blips that I have. And if you are someone who doesn't feel confident, if you're someone who's a people pleaser, if you're someone who's just constantly lacking in boundaries, you are going to get educated. And it's with so much love from Elle and I who really truly know you need this. You need this. You need this to go through the life that you want to have. You get this one life on this planet and I'm really excited for you. So if you are on a walk and you can't take notes, don't worry, you're going to re-listen to this because there's so many gems I already want to go back and I'm going to have to have Elle back again because we didn't even get into um, a bunch of stuff I want to talk to her about. So here she is. Get ready to get your confidence masterclass right now. Elle Russ. loves it's here opc summer camp you know that thing we started last year well we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world which means all day long you can nerd out with me at camp zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot no you can have the amazing food in your own home you can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for in fact you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money in fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got reformer. We've got some happy hip reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! 
All right, Be It Babes, I'm really excited. This woman is pretty freaking successful and doing some amazing things on this planet. And you can see her work in some incredible magazines, which I'm sure she'll tell us all about how she did that. But I saw her profile on a place where I look for amazing guests. And I was like, I have to talk to this woman. I have to talk to her. So Elle Russ, you are here at the, at the Be It Till You See It podcast. Thank you for being here. Can you tell everyone who you are and what you're, what you're being these days? All right. Well, I am a number one bestselling author and master coach. I have two books that I coach people all over the world in those topics. One is thyroid health. I wrote a book called The Paleo Thyroid Solution. I suffered greatly at the hands of uninformed doctors, wrote a whole book about it, became a bestseller. And so I'm sure forever and eternity, I will be known as like the thyroid expert. Happy to do that um, because it's such a prevalent problem. On the other side, my other book, Confident as Fuck, is also a pretty widespread problem because 80, 85% of people in the world are lacking in low self-esteem and confidence. And everything you want in life on the other side of that is confidence and self-esteem, period, end of story. From the bedroom to the boardroom, if you want to be a parent that's modeling it to your children, you have to have it. So this is not necessarily about like how to have confidence and go speak on a stage to 50,000 people. That's part of it. But there are people that go and speak on a stage to 50,000 people and they get off the stage and they can't fucking talk to their neighbor or their loved one or draw a boundary with a family member. And that's no good either. That's not confidence either. And then there's people that are quiet and confidence can be quiet. You know, this is not about being boisterous or extroverted or like me where, you know, I can just sort of talk freely like this. That is not what it's about. But being confident as fuck is inside and out. You know, it's not a manufactured version of you, right? It's getting to the point where you feel it through and through. And when you do that, life is fucking great. Life is so much better. I live such a great life because of my confidence. It's a absolute superpower, but it's not that it hasn't taken hits over the years, you know, and it's not that this, yeah, I'm sure you probably have some examples yourself in your life. It's a constantly growing endeavor. Now, when it comes to me, I'm pretty quick at making these decisions. If I see that I need to draw a boundary, I can get it right away versus maybe some other people listening who might struggle and walk away from conversations going, I wish I said that, or <laughs> I wish I did, you know, and here's the thing when you're confident as fuck, you don't have that because mm -hmm. you actually say it. I don't have any regrets. I say all the things I need to say. I never walk away from things going, oh, I wish I now on the other side of that confident people have pitfalls. Yeah. Uh, and we got a lot to learn from the people that might be a little shy or a little less. So sometimes people that are shy, when they do speak up, they tend to be a little bit more diplomatic. You know, super confident people are ready to be like, here's my opinion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, the, so the book, I take you through sort of scraping the barnacles off of your life. And then, of course, I have the ultimate confidence course, which is, you know, just a, a huge monster of a course that dives deeper into it. But essentially, it's going through your life and scraping off the barnacles and the things that are preventing you from prevailing in this world. And yeah. so before I just keep going, I then... have I'm like, sorry, I got so excited. First of all, you made me think of uh, you've got mail, Renault, and she's like, I wish I could just say the thing. And he's like, be careful, because when you say the thing, then like you've said the thing like, you know, and so, <laughs> so you I and love speaking this. up has consequences. Yeah. yeah but I also I also love that you pointed out that like you coming on here on the show and you talking like this doesn't mean that like that's necessarily confidence. Cause I do think that's a, that's actually why I created this podcast. Cause the number one question I get asked is like, how are you so confident? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, I am a confident person, but what about what you're seeing is makes you think that I'm confident in everything that I do or that like, I'm not nervous or like, I don't have like some sort of fear around the thing. Like, and so I think people see those of us who can be 
I call myself a high functioning extrovert, can go up there and talk to people and do a thing that might have obstacles along the way or might have to go over some fear and go, I don't have that. It's like, but you can be quietly confident and you can also, you don't have to be speaking on 50,000 people or that doesn't be a goal to be a confident person. So I really love that you pointed that out. Okay. So, but then let's back up a step. Like, were you always like this? How did you, like, was there a time where you like needed to build this confidence? How did you go? I need to write a book about being confident as fuck. Let's go to the beginning. Yeah, no, people ask me that question all the time. Like, like, who are you and why the hell would you write a book about this? And, you know, who do you think you are, right? So, and, and here's the truth. I am one of the most confident people. I know, I am. Um, now, that was not without its hits over time. I would say that, well, here's the truth. Everyone's born confident, okay? It's just mm. stuff along the way. So unless you were like, came out of the womb and punched in the face, okay, there's people that are grossly abused as a baby. Yes, okay. But in general, when you're growing up, at least the first formative years, you know, kids are like, no, give me that. They have no problem declaring their shit, taking what they want. No. Yeah. You know, I mean, you see it, it's inherent within us. And one of the things that, uh, kind of connects with my work as a paleo primal ancestral health expert is confidence is ancestral. It is, we, it's an evolutionary edge that we have. Okay. Mm. So why is that? Well, yeah. first of all, um, what is it? So confidence is not some like anchored quality within you. It's literally the sum of the thoughts you think and the actions you take. Both of those things are changeable. It's at everyone's disposal. And so confidence has an ancestral edge. It provides, it helps us navigate challenges and tasks and social situations without pause, without fear. Thus, it propels us in the direction of our dreams and goals. Now, Nowadays, we we have this luxury of wallowing in self-despair and pity <laughs> and self-judgment. But, you know, I want to talk about our hunter-gatherer ancestors because these motherfuckers' life was harsh, okay? It was unforgiving. It was unrelenting. It kept throwing challenges at them. Can you imagine our hunter-gatherer ancestors moping around when their heads hung low, if they didn't catch the beast, saying to another, like, maybe I should give up hunting. I'm not good at it. No. <laughs> They forged ahead, okay? And here's the truth, and this really comes from this author, um, Art Devaney. He's fond of saying, to the hunter-gatherer, there is no failure. It's only feedback. And that is true mm -hmm. about confident people. We have the perspective that failure is feedback. It is not a dig on us and a means to give up. And so... Can you imagine back in the day if like the water source was tainted and Joe was sitting around crying? They'd be like, Joe, we got to go, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, we got to go. This is so, okay, this is the first time I've heard people use confidence to the hunter-gatherer because we we, yeah. we do a lot. I'm the only one that... <laughs> yeah, we, we, we talk about yeah. them a lot because we talk about like the fear and the mindset. But like, yes. this is really interesting because I... I think you're right. I think we have almost, we almost have too much time on our hands to think about what we didn't it's do. Modern, it's a modern problem. Mm -hmm. Now, where we don't want to be like them is like, yeah, they would have probably dragged us into caves by our hair. No, <laughs> human right. Okay. You know, we, we evolved, but also with evolving, um, and I don't even mean biologically, biologically, I mean, just adapting to modern society. We need to get back more to the hunter-gatherer mindset when it comes to this, because here's the thing, back in, back in the day, survival, we don't have these survival threats. We have food and water and shelters, and you know most people have access to this stuff. So survival required that our ancestors regrouped and forged ahead to the next challenge when they faced unfavorable, you know, unfavorable circumstances. I mean, they did things with a purpose and a goal, of course, but had the outcome not been to their advantage, 
They accepted it and moved on, trying again later or devising a plan or an alternate plan. Right. They would tell stories like they like they literally say like we all are we evolved and we survived because we had this ability to tell a story. So they would use their failure. They would use the challenge to tell a story for other people to learn from rather than like, oh, I'm the worst hunter in the world. I gather <laughs> crying. I feel so bad. Maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. Do you think I should do this? I'm no good. I mean, it's just that like, it's not even a possibility. And again, because survival was the driving factor. We don't have that driving factor anymore. Now, this is not a health discussion, but unfortunately, modern society, technology, go, go, go. It is driving that fight or flight in an unnecessary mm-hmm threat of survival that's not really there, these false threats, right? You know what I mean? Um, right. But well, in general, so so that's why I like people to look at it. It is your birthright. Mm-hmm. It's inherent within you. Something happened along the way. You met a teacher that told you you'd be nothing. You know, your parents told you you were stupid. They labeled you as a brat, like whatever the story is. And that's why I take people through in the book and the course more in depth all of those things. We go like parental garbage. What What's the stuff we got from those people? You know, what kind of downers are we hanging out with? There's so many people out there, friends, loved ones that are going to project a lack of confidence onto you. What are you going to do about it? And so I'm happy to give some specific yeah, examples. Let's, let's go into want. that because I, I definitely think I think a lot of people have some downers or maybe they're listening and maybe they are the downer. And like, so we can get into that in a second, but like, and I don't, and I don't want to say that, but I think if you're listening to this and you recognize that, like, Hey, first of all, that's like enlightenment. What a great awareness for yourself. But I do feel like people get stuck around the downers because they make excuses. Like I can't let this person go. I'll listen to other podcasts. Like we've been friends for 25 years. How do I let her go? And I'm like, Oh my God. Like you don't have to, like, you won't have to keep relationships around just because they logged years. So I obviously that's a confident person that I am. I'm like, it's okay if they just, you know, we'll circle back around when they're ready. What do you say to people who have a really hard time getting rid of the downers in their life? You're living a lie. You're hanging out in some type of relationship because you fear what someone may say or think about you. Mm. But the truth is you don't really want to hang out with that person. That usually happens nine times out of 10. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear a person talking, you're like, I don't think you even like this person. Like, why are you even hanging out with them? Like, why are they your friend? Well, but I've known them for so long. Oh my gosh. You know, life is short, man. And we are the sum of the people we hang out with. So You know, an example of a downer friend or family member, it's like, you know, if you keep telling your sister Mary about all your exciting business plans or goals or dreams or whatever, and every time she's like, I don't know, like a lot of new businesses fail. I don't know if you should start a business or you've never started a business or these kind of snide remarks that people give you. It's again, it's just their fear of failure projected onto you. And so if you allow that to come in and affect you, which is really all your choice, now you can buffer it by just not hanging out with these people. Stop sharing your dreams with Mary. Stop sharing your (laughs) dreams with your fucking sister. You know, Mary is a person that always downers your stuff. And she's been doing it for 20 years. If you think suddenly she's going to get fucking excited. And by the way, let me tell you something. Once you achieve this thing that Mary doesn't believe you can, she'll still find another way to downer it. Okay. You're never going to win. All right. And it happened to me even uh, several times through writing a writing a book. I even had I tell a story in my book about how I had one of my best friends of 30 years. um, And this is another reason to be with friends that are pretty confident is you can just be straight up. You know, I'm a very direct communicator, as everyone has already gathered in these minutes. (laughs) And and, uh, so my friend calls me. We've known each other for 30 years. I'm writing my first book. And he goes, he calls me and he's like, hey, how's it going? Are you getting stuff done? Are you writing? Like, we're like almost as if a nervous parent the night before a big test for this, you know, the kid and kind of, and I, uh, this is what I said to him. I said, hey, man, 
you're being a fucking downer right now. First of all, don't project onto me something you're not confident in just because you've never written a book or anything in your life. When have I not finished everything I've said I was going to do? I've written stuff. So, you know, for you to hang over my head here like some parent, you're just being a kind of fucking downer. Right. It's almost like they're they're one because they probably don't finish things. They're like, oh, let me see if Elle didn't isn't finishing because that's going to make me feel better because I don't finish things. And and you're oh, my gosh, you make me think of this. um, We had a a person who wrote like why you talk about mental health in the work um, in the workplace. And it was based on like people who like shame your wellness plot. Like if you're like, I'm going for a run, like, oh, must be nice for you to go for a run. Like they just want everyone to not run with them. So I love that you were direct with that. That's amazing. And he was direct. He goes, no, you're right. Sorry, my bad. And we moved on. Now, here's another example that that example wraps up in. What if I didn't say anything? Mm-hmm. Now I've holding resentment. Two years from now, something similar happens. I go, you know, that last time, you know, two years ago. No, you've never, you've never been supportive. You've always been looking for me to fail. And they're like, where is this guy? Never this from? one time. <laughs> yeah. Get it out there. Then that way you have mm-hmm. no hidden resentments, you know? Um, let me just talk about something else. I talk about people pleasing in my book. And um, this is a, a big problem. Well, and people it's pleasing so- is its own form of control and lack of confidence, right? Mm-hmm. 100% a form of control. And also it is literally, uh, so, you know, you hear people go, oh, poor Mary, like she never gets those days. Oh, she's so nice. She's too nice. If you ever hear someone say that about you or someone else, worry, because you know what that means? You're a liar. Mm-hmm. People pleasers are liars. Now, if you're out there and you're a people pleaser, sorry to tell you this, but that is the truth. You're a liar. And by the way, one of the reasons everyone loves people with confidence is because confidence equals authenticity. Authenticity reigns supreme, period. That's why we look at confidence. We trust mm. a confidence person, confidence in themselves. Anyone listening to me right now would go, I bet she knows what she's talking about. She sounds like she is, right? And again, I'm not performing. That is really true and inherent within me, but that's the case. So people pleasers uh, don't speak up or they don't really truly say what they believe about things because they're too afraid of someone rejecting them or you know someone not liking them or what someone's opinion is. And so when you do that, you are really, pro- you're, what you're doing is you're putting forth a false projection of yourself. It's a false you and no one can really love you or be your friend or be tight with you if you know inside, you're not really, well, you know, you're not also, being honest. With like, I find as a confident person, when I'm around a people pleaser, it makes me really uneasy because I'm like, duh, like, because they're kind of like all like, they're like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Like, we can do this. I Or I can make you this. Would you like me to make you a cake? I can make cookies. And it's like, just like, what do you want to make right now? It would be really awesome if you would just make a decision because then I could just say, yes, I want that. Or actually, I'm good right now. You don't have to make anything. <laughs> it's almost like it, it's a little. It's overgiving. It's overgiving sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now. I'm a helpful person. I love to make stuff for people. I'm always offering help. I'm known as a super connector in my industry. I love helping other people out. That's another thing. Confident people encourage other people's success. So when you see like a brash chick out there who's kind of bully type and you think that's confidence, no, that's just a bully. It's just an uncoached bully who has some baseline of confidence, but they're fucking misusing it. Just like a con man, it's no different. They're misusing their confidence, okay? And so- that's not confidence. When someone's bragging and being boisterous, that's not confidence. We always, we, it always feels gross because it's insecure because they're trying to prove something to somebody. I mean, mm-hmm. the truth is, is that confident people don't, you know, it's funny. I used to, uh, when I, when I talk with private clients and we have like an intake call to make sure we're fit before we do something, you know, with life coaching and mentorship, um, I, I think sometimes at the end of that call, they're expecting me to sort of hard sales them. And I don't at all. I'm just like, Hey, 
it's all good. Think about it. There's no pressure here. Talk to you later. Like I, because I'm, I don't have to push it. I'm confident in what I do. I only want people to come to me who want that. And it's funny because I've had a few clients who said, that's the thing that actually sold me on it. And I'm like, that's kind of reverse psychology that I wasn't planning, right? It didn't, it's just, it's not me because I'm confident enough in my abilities that I don't need to push you to coach with me. This is, I I tell this to our, I tell this to our, um, my husband has always been in sales and I found myself, uh, in retail sales. I never thought I was a salesperson. I was, and I was with a number one salesperson and everyone's like, how are you doing this? And I'm like, I just ask people how they're doing and then show them things that they like. And then go, do you want this one or this one? Both (laughs) want me to wrap it for you? Like, there's not like this, like, um, what would you like to do? Like, it's just being direct, being authentic. And when, with with how that translates to our business is all of our members can tell you, we don't sell to them. We're like, okay, tell me what your goals are. Here's what we do. This is where we can help you. What would you like to do? Yeah. You know? Like it or not, if it's for you, it isn't. That's cool. I am not, you know, cause here's the thing. We all know what it's like to be sold to and then regret it and then feel kind of cheat and tricking mm-hmm. and everyone's sort of regretting that, you know, salespeople have this like list of objections, right? Like <laughs> it's an objection. What do you say? It's so canned, right? We all hate this stuff. At least I do. So I don't do that at all either. Um, one of the things that's really important about confidence is aside from being comfortable with failures and mistakes and speaking with authority, like I was saying before, we encourage and foster and celebrate the success of others. Confident people don't compete. Now, what do I mean by that? Cause that sounds a little strange. Um, there's a difference between competing and competing against, you know? So for example, I always say, I never compete. I just compete to be the best and win. So you'd be like, well, L, you know, what if you're like in a marathon, there's obviously like 50 women in there, you know? And I was like, yeah, but see my mental thing would be, I'm just going to win. I don't think of myself and it was like, oh, I can't wait to beat Kathy and wait to see the look on her face. I'm not, competing, <laughs> I'm not competing against. And you see, there's a big vibrational difference there. One is my pleasure at the end of it has to do with your failure. The other one is just me being the best and winning. And you know what? I often win a lot of competitions and I believe that the favors are going to be tipped, that it'll be tipped in your favor when you have that type of non-competing outcome. Also, you know, if someone came to me and they're like, I want to be a writer, I want to be a podcaster. I'm like, great. My first thought isn't, oh no, what if they become more successful than me? What if they, right. so confident people don't have a lack of abundance. And so they're not competitive against other people. And so if you see that, that is wrong. Get out. The other thing too, is we're not jealous. Mm-hmm. Now it's not to say that jealousy doesn't come up, but it would be like immediately gone. Yeah. Because again, it's, um, you might look at someone and be inspired by that. Like, oh man, they got a private jet. I'm so, I would love that or something like, or, you know, cool. yeah, that's cool. That's that lets you know what you want. But when you're jealous, you have a lack of mentality. And here's the effed up thing about people who are projecting a lack of confidence onto you and jealous people. Essentially, jealousy is hoping that the person who you're jealous of fails. Full stop. If you really dig into it, you are kind of hoping for the failure of the person you're jealous of having the thing that you don't have. It's not fair. Why did they get it? Why did they get it? Well, it's and literally and then like you're hoping like, for failure. It's and then terrible. there's no way you can be successful because you've spent all your energy on the hopes of their failure. And <laughs> so oh, you can't see. Totally. And you know what is so crazy is, and I, I like that you pointed out, it doesn't mean that they don't have moments of like a jealous moment where like, oh, but it just tells them I want that thing. And there's a quick 
there's a quick reaction to the, nope, that doesn't actually live here. So there's a reframe of, oh, I didn't know I wanted that, or I want to do this. And it's not about like, let me go down the (laughs) confident people are not going down the rabbit hole of Instagram to see what this person has been able to do or not do. (laughs) 100%. You're not, you don't even care. You don't even look because you just don't even care. Mm -hmm. And, um, Another couple, uh, another thing I like to mention is, uh, and, and this is going to sound harsh. This is a quote from a guy named Andre Debuse. And this would be for people that feel very shy or really like soft-spoken and feel like they have that outward part that's hard. It's going to be harsh to hear, but there's a lot of good juice in here, which is shyness has a strange element of narcissism. The belief that how we look, how we perform is truly important to other people. Guess what? It's not. No one gives a shit. They're all thinking about themselves. So mm-hmm. it is sort of this weird self-aggrandizing. Everyone's looking at me, the people pleasing. It's everything that's outside of you. And you're also giving power to everything outside of you in order to share mm-hmm. how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. And one of the examples in my book that I love to give is I was talking to a woman and maybe she was like 55 years old. She was doing the online dating thing. And she said to me, this is just so depressing. It's so much rejection. And I said, well, hold on a minute. Like, what do you mean by rejection? She goes, well, I email like all these guys and then like, I don't get anything back. And I said, okay, what if we found out though, that every guy that didn't email you back was a, not the picture they posted, B, a murderer, C, drunk, just out of prison, beat their last wife, con man. Would you feel so fucking rejected then? Or would you feel like you dodged a bullet? course, the answer, I feel like I dodged a bullet. So what's crazy there is she's actually manufacturing like in her head, she's projecting onto a stranger what they might think of her. And they're allowing that to affect her own right. self-esteem. And it, it's it, crazy when you break it down, isn't it? It's okay. So we can go on this because I, when I was single, I had the most fun dating. I really did. I, I bet you did. You I, sound had, like- I had the best time. And like, even on the worst dates, I would just go, okay, well, here are, this is a practice of red flags and like yes. things I don't really want in a relationship. I actually don't like when someone just ordered for my dinner. Like that was, I didn't say I wanted that. I wanted something else. So that is a weirdo. Um, but I had so much fun and my girlfriends were single. It was that, oh, like, it's so hard. Like I, they haven't called me. I'm like, do you want them to call you? Did you like the date? Like this is, it's like a job interview. You also have to want the job just because, <laughs> you know. Well, and that's what, that's what I told a friend who said to me, they had a great like two hour talk on the phone with a woman that they were going to meet and they were really excited, really attracted to her. And they were going to go on the date that day. And they're like, I said, oh, you got your date later. And they said, yeah, you know, it's great. I, yeah, I hope she likes me. And I said, er, no, 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 no. You don't hope that she likes you. What you hope and you go into that date is that you hope you like her and that she's good enough for you. It's a complete shift in perspective. That's the confidence shift in perspective, not outside what people think of me. No, what do I fucking think of them? Same thing with, you know, I have a very, again, confidence is all levels. You can have really highly confident people that still have little pitfalls and blips. I know a very confident person, multi six figure salary, and they had a job interview recently and the people like weren't getting back to them. And then they eventually were like, sorry, we chose someone else. And they were kind of feeling down about it. And I was like, you know, Hey man, like they're just not the right. Well, like, why are you allowing this one interview out of a million interviews? You're already like a top person in your industry. What's going on here? You know, it just took a little self-talk to get out of it. Sometimes if I have to go speak to a large group of people, I don't really get nervous, but there are, you know, the heart rate gets up and you you have a moment. Well, because you I also mean, care. Like you care that you, you care, you, you about care about that you do a good job. 
Yeah. So I'm backstage and you know what? If I have that moment, I'm self-talking and that self-talk looks like, bitch, you signed up for this life. You wanted this. You signed up for this. You love it. You're good at it. Come on, man. You're going to go out there and kill it. Go, you, you know what you do. You know what I mean? And it gets me out of my nerves. And then I just coach myself right back into it. It's not to say that there's not a blip that's going to happen. It's just how quickly do you want to recover and also smoothly move through life to draw boundaries. And, you know, I, I have a podcast called the L Russ show. I not only interview people, but I also have a lot of solo episodes and I uh, just go check those out. Cause I have them on jealousy and I have them on comp like all sorts of these issues where I bring up specific examples of me drawing boundaries in my life and current time with people. It just makes for a smoother life and also direct, clear communication. There's no passive aggressiveness. There's no covert contracts, you know? So can we, okay. So a couple of things. Um, I love that you mentioned that you can have blips because I do, we do have some perfectionists <laughs> listening <laughs> and they'll be like, if they have a blip, they're like, I'm not a confident person. It's like, no, first of all, like we can get into it later. Cause I want to go back to boundaries and, and, um, but, uh, in direct conversation, but you know, your thyroid's a hormone, your hormones can be off and that can affect you being 100% confident in things, right? Like if that's, if you're, if you're like actual body is off a little bit, that can be it, but it's about recognizing. I, I suffered for seven years. I was not confident as my body was 50 pounds heavier and I was mm -hmm. bleeding blood clots throughout my, yeah, no, that was not fun. And I even say in my confidence book, like, Hey, you can be confident without being healthy, but you're probably going to have a better shot when all the neurotransmitters are firing and all the things you know and I know about health, you're going to be at a better baseline and a better wherewithal to not only attack and go after your goals and dreams, but to have the emotional wherewithal to deal with these things. Yes. And I also want to say one thing, there's a nuance, uh, an example that came up recently that's very nuanced. I had a, a friend who gave me a cover letter to look over and uh, they were counter offering a job. You know, the job said here, I want to give you a 250,000 and they were countering for more. And in the counter offer, I looked at it and I saw a paragraph and I said, do you know which paragraph needs to be completely removed? And he's like, no, I don't, I don't, he couldn't see it. And it was a paragraph where he kept saying, uh, well, my reality is such that I have a family of five, depending on my income, one who's in college. Nope, nope, nope. You, no one gives a, sh it doesn't matter if you spent your whole salary on cocaine and, and NFTs. I don't, it's none of their business. Yeah. Like you don't give them, you give them the reasons why you deserve the salary, not the reasons why you need it. So that was just a low confidence thing that I caught in a very confident person overall in their cover letter. And it was just immediately stood out to me. It was like, you don't need to. And again, that's another part of confidence. We don't over explain and justify. Yeah. I, I just had one of, in our coaching group. We have, we, we're always encouraging them to raise their rates. And when you, the first time anyone raises their rates, it's like the hardest thing in the whole world. And then once you do it one time and you realize like no one really freaked out and the ones that did, you were like, thank God they freaked out. <laughs> you kind of get better at, it. but the, I'm always like, send me your email before you send it out. I want to read it. And of course it always has a paragraph where they're like, I've done all this education. I've been doing these things. I'm like, no one cares. They don't care that you spend the money on your education. They don't actually, they only care how you make them feel. So this entire pair, you don't have to defend the rate increase. You literally say, that's, that's right. thank you. This is why you're worth it. You just say why you're worth it or just yeah. say why you're worth it, not even connecting it to money, but you're right. You don't reason out like giving them financial reasons as to why it's just such a weak move. And we've all gotten that email. Or let's say you ask a friend, you're like, Hey, you want to go to the show? And they're like, ah, I would, but see Thursday, I've got to take Sally to practice. Oh my God, shut up. We don't care. Just tell me where they're going or not. And so most people don't even like being on the other end of it. And so no is a complete sentence, mm -hmm. you know, or you could just be like, 
you know, not available. Thanks for inviting me or I'm out of town. Thanks for the invitation. Catch yourself when you're going on a long over explaining just you owe no money, nothing. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, just say no. And if they keep coming after you, well, then that might be a problem. You might be dealing with like just a pain in the ass type of person you need to draw boundaries with. So um, over explaining and justifying is a is a problem with non-confident people. Yeah. Let's go into like um, direct communication around boundaries and like top like like no is a complaint sentence. So that's a boundary. But for the people who find themselves wanting to explain a boundary or having a hard time upholding one. So I'm just like, what are, what are like, I don't know if I want signs and symptoms of like not upholding boundaries or if I want like, how do you, how do you do that for them? You know, uh, you gotta be real careful when you are going to declare a boundary because you better keep it mm-hmm. or else you are training people to continue to walk all over you. Now that's not to say you can't change course. For example, coaching a woman with confidence she felt like her husband would make some snarky remarks about her entrepreneur business and some other things. And before she would just snip back, you know, it was like tit for tat on the behavior. And so it's always weird when you're moving into becoming confident and declaring boundaries, maybe in a relationship where you haven't before. And now it's like, oh, who's this new person that just showed up? Like, you're not the wife I married, right? And so in those moments, you can always explain. You can be like, you know what? In the past, I did. I tit for tat. I apologize because I also was kind of shitty and snarky. But you know what? That ends today. You know, and sometimes it's just not even explaining why. So, for example, if someone's patronizing to you with snide remarks or just patronizing, it, it would be I, if it were me, I would be like, hey, I am not going to be spoken to like that. Period. End of story. So either you stop or we're going to have a problem. Usually that doesn't. Now, if they did it again, hey, I thought I said last week, I'm not going to tolerate you continue to repeat the same boundary, the same sentence, clear, one sentence, don't need to explain it. You did this, you did that. You know, you always do that. No, I'm not going to be spoken to like that. I love that. You know, it has to be declarative. And the other thing too is confidence and speaking up doesn't have to be contentious. A lot of people Mm -hmm. who have issues with confidence feel that they have a fear of speaking up because they fear retaliation or they fear like a negative scenario. A lot of these things can be brought up very lightly, you know, like, oh, hey, you know what? I was wondering, right? Instead of like, so let's say uh, there was an experience one time where a friend, uh, their, their dog died and it was like the love of their life and their boyfriend, you know, wasn't being maybe as snuggly or lovey through this sad time. And she was complaining about it. And I go, did, did you, did you ask for what you needed from him instead of just blame him and assume he was a mind reader? I mean, this happens a lot. Yep. Right. And so she goes, no, I didn't. I go, you know what you could do? This is the, the solution for that is going to her boyfriend and going, you know what, honey, like, I'm so sad over the doggy and I'm just like an emotional mess lately. And can you just give, I need like extra snuggles and I just need like all the extra sappy stuff right now. Can you just like give that to me for a few weeks? I'm just in like this yucky place. I'm sure he'd be like, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. Thank you for telling me what Thanks to for telling do. Me what you need. And so it can be asked in that sweet way, not in the, like, you know, our dog died and you don't hug me and you don't like, that's not really going to get what you want. You know, so asking for what you want can be done in, in the right tone, mm-hmm. in the right way, sometimes even a joke, sometimes even a throwaway, mm-hmm. you know, and that people take it so seriously. You don't need to go up and go, we need to have a talk. You know, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just like, oh, hey, you know what? Um, last week, blah, blah, blah. I didn't like you. you do that. Could you do that differently next time? I'd really appreciate it. Like, you know what I mean? It can just be a declarative. I love, you know, this. kind of because thing. I we work with a lot of people and I'm like, you train people how to treat you. You really do. And if you're going to break a rule, you have to acknowledge that you're breaking a rule 
and while you're breaking the rule so that it's not like you they like you assume that they understand you broke a rule and the rules back in place once you've broken the rule that's not how it works like for example um i we have a policy at with my clients it's like no late cancels so if you late cancel we charge you now there have been op- op- times where i've broken the rule so i'll say i'm breaking my rule and i'm not charging you this time Fair. and this is why and you know, for whatever reason, oftentimes it's like, there's a death in the family, whatever, like something so extreme, like they, like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be an asshole about it. However, I acknowledge I broken the rule so that they know the rule's still there. I know they broke, I broke the rule. They know I broke the rule and we don't have to. And you're owning mm-hmm. it and you are compensating for it. And I've done that too, because lateness is my pet peeve. It's like my ultimate pet peeve. And so, um, but you know what? Occasionally it happens to me, right? But it's very rare. But when it happens, I do compensate like you. I make up for it or I won't charge for half the session or I'll do something if something like that happens. One time I had a friend, we lived equidistant from a hiking trail, but she was always like 15, 20 minutes late. You know, we've lived in the same town for like 20 years. And I got really frustrated about it. So I finally spoke up and I said, hey, I got a question for you. Would you be late to meet with Steven Spielberg? She's like, well, no, I, I go, no, you wouldn't. No, you fucking wouldn't. So you need to treat me like I'm Steven Spielberg because I treat you that way. Enough is enough. It's been five times you've been late. If you can't figure it out or if something really goes wrong, then let me know you're going to be late. But for you to be consistently 15, 20 minutes late to a hiking trail that's equidistant to us is just fucking rude. And you wouldn't do it to someone else. Yeah. So, you know, I treat everyone like they are Steven Spielberg, whoever would be yeah. your, I mean, I no, just throw I... him out as a famous director, but that is really the truth. And so- um, but also too, I, it happened recently. It's just like once a couple of years, I completely blanked a coaching call. Like out of nowhere. I don't even know what happened. It was like on a day I normally I don't coach. I, made week. I swear. And I was like, I did, I was like, I was mortified. I am like mortified, completely made up for it. Coached over email said, I, you know, get refunded half the month, you know I mean? Do whatever I can because I realize that this is just, it, it's something that I hate. And then if I do do it accidentally, I acknowledge and then make up for that in every way, because I know how frustrating it is to be on the other side of it too. Well, and I think like you, there's a confidence in that. It's like, oh, I never do this. I totally did it. I was just in the shower. I was like, oh, I could take a long shower. I don't have anything till 11. And then I looked at my phone like, oh, the call was at 1030. <laughs> Oops. And I was like, here, I'm going to open up my schedule. We're going to make this up. This is my fault. I'll tears how I'm going to handle it. And I didn't let it then I didn't go, I can't believe I missed that call. And then I messed this thing up. Like I didn't go into this tailspin of here's all the 17 things I did wrong. It's like, I made a mistake. I rarely make mistakes. I made up for that mistake. And so I can move on with the day because I'm confident in how I always show up and I'm consistent, and authentic in that. So I think like where people worry about upholding those boundaries is often they either don't know how to keep them consistently And so therefore that is a problem because like, what if I can't keep this boundary? And then I like, it becomes this thing and, or they, they uphold it, but then they play it in their head all day long about upholding. I should have said like this. What if I said like that? How do you, um, maybe it's in your core, your book or your course coming up, but like direct communication, if you're not used to doing that is like, what's the, you start small, start small. Okay. We start real small. I'll give you a great example of someone who is in my, uh, I did a live confidence course before I did the virtual one that's out. And, uh, it's a great example of these small things. There is a woman who has seen the same hairdresser for like, you know, 10 years. Um, and 
the hairdresser had, uh, she wanted a blunt cut. Like she just wanted someone to cut straight across on the bottom of her hair. And apparently whatever was in the fad five years ago, the hairdresser had cut it like upwards in a jagged edge thing. And it didn't look good. And yet, Barbara didn't speak up. She's okay with me using her name. So she didn't speak up about it. So she kept getting the haircut she didn't want. Now people would go, well, that's stupid. Just ask for the haircut you want. But you know, when you're not competent, these little things are big things. Mm -hmm. And so we talked through it. I was like, all right, what are you afraid? And, And this was one of those examples where she felt that it had to be contentious. She didn't need to go to her hairdresser and go, you know, I asked you once and you didn't even know that I asked you, but I wanted a blunt cup and you keep giving me this jagged cut. Okay. When you approach it like that, that's a little critical, right? That's a little criticizing. Someone might have a a feel a little bit defensive. So this is what I told her to do. She did it. It worked. But I said, okay, well, I asked her this question. I said, well, first of all, you've known this woman a long time. She's like, yeah, like 10 years. Like, okay, great. Was there anything in the last haircut? that she said or did, like, does she have a daughter getting married? Did someone graduate? Is there anything you can remember to bring up? And she goes, well, she gave me a new conditioner that I really liked. I'm like, great, put a pin in that. We're setting that aside. And I, you know, this will make sense in a minute. And then I said, all you have to do is go up and make it a throwaway. Something like, hey, you know what? I really want to try to do like the blunt cut. I know it may take a couple times, but can we do that today? That would be great. I'd love to try that. Oh, and by the way, I love that conditioner you gave me. See, because once you declare and you speak up about something, you are going to be inclined to keep talking, babbling, <laughs> backtracking, fucking whatever. So get a get us something to segue out. What a throwaway. Like, oh, hey, you know, uh, whatever, you know, just I like very, very easy. And now that's a small thing. But, you know, you start small with those things. Maybe you need to speak up about your steak not being cooked the right way. And it doesn't have to be. I asked for medium and it's medium rare. Just like, oh, hey, you know what? I'm. I don't know what happened, but it's medium rare. Do you mind telling the chef to bring it back, make it a little bit more medium or well? Again, these things can be done in tones. And so Barbara did. She went back to her person. The the woman was like, oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it was a nothing. It can be a nothing. But it would have been something had she gone in there, Meek, and been like, so... I asked you once, you didn't listen. And I, you know, I mean, that's, that's. So this this is amazing. Because what I, what I'm hearing you say is that like, we can say what we want on our mind. It doesn't have to be a sit down conversation and you can make people feel good while doing it. I hate sending food back. I really do. And I had no idea that I was kind of doing your thing, but I'll say, you know, I, um, I think my medium rare is a little bit more medium than yours. And so no problem is there, (laughs) but I'm loving the sweet potatoes. If I could just like, if I could just be a little, I guess more medium for me. And they're like, that you give them a compliment and they're like, it's fine. No one's going to spit in your food. No one cares. Like you're not, they're going to come back right. and be kind. Everything's fine. And so it doesn't, it can be fun. It can be in, like informative and you can make people feel good. Right. Pot- yes. So cool. Right. And then have an anchor out of it. If there's something like that, where you can just, Oh, Hey, by the way, blah, blah. Oh, and by the way, see what I'm saying? Then it makes it a nothing. Mm-hmm. It makes it a nothing, a throwaway. They don't take offense to it and they just go, Oh, okay. And then you move forward and it went really well. But again, here's the thing. Barbara's 58, yeah. you know, and she's actually incredibly confident and is an amazing health coach. Okay. But perfect. And she's confident in that, but there's an example, yeah. you know, or, and so here's the thing, any boundary that you're not drawing or don't continue to uphold you are, then you don't have a right to bitch because you're a victim who's allowing it happen to you. Mm -hmm. You're allowing it. You never allow things. You don't have to answer the call. Yeah. It's because you feel bad. You know, the other day, someone uh, that I know went on a date with someone and the second date, they expressed something that was kind of a deal breaker to my friend, but my friend felt bad about it because it was sort of an insecure thing for that person. 
And they were like, ah, oh, but I feel bad. I go, so what are you going to do? Go on another date with this person because you feel <laughs> fucking bad. We don't date people because we feel bad about hurting well, their feelings. So that person <laughs> would be so horrified to find out if you did that. that you're going on dates because you feel bad. Like, I think that- that's a people pleaser thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who did that as well. He talked to a woman for two hours. He's a recover. He's in recovery for people pleasing. He's really working on it. And uh, when he told me this, I said, oh, people pleasing creeping up. He said, I feel bad. I don't, I don't, I, I liked her. I enjoyed our conversation, but I really don't want to meet her. But I go, then why would you meet? Why would you meet her? Well, I feel bad. I said, dude, you're going to be such an asshole for wasting her time and going out all for the purposes of you feeling like, well, at least it's theoretically out there in the world. I had the stamp of, she felt like I gave her a chance. Who cares? It's like, you know, but that is the people pleaser rearing going, I'm afraid of what people are going to think of me. Even a stranger on the internet, I just talked for two hours, so I don't know anything about, and I'm going to, what, maybe go out of my way to dress and drive and go on a date just to save face and spend, like, what is this dance about? What a complicated life. Well, so it's it's like on that Friends episode where Channel kept going, I'll, I'll call you later. And it's like, don't say that if you don't mean it, just don't say it because then the person's like, then you feel bad. You didn't call them. And it's a whole thing we're playing. I think like what I love is like, it's, it's being more honest with yourself. Confidence being more honest with yourself around what you want. And then you start small, as you said, and then, you know, you are going to have blips, but it's about recognizing it that you're having a moment and then like going back into it. Okay. We, I'm going to have to have you back because we haven't gotten to the thyroid thing. And like, I feel like so many people do a whole separate thing on that, whole, because, yeah, especially since you're health Because like, as you mentioned briefly, but like, so if you're listening to this and you've got health stuff going on, you can do all the exercise in the world and there you're going to be going to an uphill battle because your body is just not able to sustain it. And that brings its own Imposter syndrome, lack of confidence issues. Yes. Horrible. I suffered for years. I have such empathy for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know what it's like. So yeah, I'm happy to come on and do any kind of thyroid uh, tutorial or whatever, yeah. whatever you need. But in the meantime, I do have a free confidence masterclass, a free thyroid masterclass. It's two hours. The confidence one is 90 minutes. I mean, you're going to get a lot of good, like in-depth coaching on all of those things. And then I have virtual course uh, courses corresponding to those. So, you know, there's so much great free information out there. Uh, if you want to learn more, like whether it's my books, you don't even have to buy the books. Go just Google me on the internet and you'll find interviews like this and you just might learn enough yeah. there. All right, loves, it's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality. And that's why for three years, I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. 
AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. Oh, like, are you, where's your fifth place hanging out? Are you like on Instagram? What's, what is your website? Where can people just like, we'll put you know, I'm on all the platforms. I'm on all the platforms, but I'm most active on Instagram, but you can just go to lrus.com, E-L-L-E-R-U-S-S.com. I also have some free giveaways. I have a free thyroid guide that gives you all the blood tests you need to get, how to find the right doctor. You don't even need to buy my book to get on that Great. too. Um, I have a free uh, audio book of meditations and affirmations with confidence, health, abundance, uh, and a free paleo primal guide as well. Just a quick guide to like, what's this paleo primal thing and how do I change my health? So there's some freebies up there, free masterclasses and, you know, just lots of information. And uh, I've been, you know, been working for years to try to get out there like you, just talking to as many people as possible. Not only am, have I been a podcaster for like eight, nine years, but also have been interviewed. And I love it. You know, half the time there's people like, I heard you on a podcast. I got the right test fixed fantastic. Then you didn't need to buy my book. I had to spend so much money trying to filter through all this bullshit. I'd rather have someone just be able to find it that easy. You know? I, uh, 100% because I've been in the, I've been in the shoes of like, just figure, trying to figure out things, in my stomach. And finally someone was like, Hey, you should talk to so-and-so. And then like, I, and it's so-and-so <laughs> was $1,500. Yes. But then it was over. And so someone else mentioned, I'm like, just call, just go to this person, skip your, just go to this person. I know it sounds like a lot. Right. I promise you'll spend $10,000 not going to this person. So here you go. And so I hear, I thank you for all of your resources and yes, we'll definitely have you back for thyroid. Before I let you go, you've given us so many like direct examples, but, um, for the person who does the TLDR and just skips to the end <laughs> action steps, bold, executable. That's like me and all the home renovation shows. I just go right I to the know. end. <laughs> I'm the person who watches the first episode of the bachelor and then the last one. <laughs> Love it. Love I'm it. Like who, who made it to the end and then who do they choose? Yeah. Survivor yeah. just first and last. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, bold, executable, intrinsic or targeted action steps people can take to be it till they see it. What do you have for us? Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, first of all, I would say, look at some area of your life where you need to, well, here's the thing. You have to identify the pattern. What sucks? Mm. Like what sucks for you? Uh, because it's going to be specific. Like, do you always get fired from jobs? Are you always patronized by bullies? Are you always so fine? At least do the research and not even stepping up just in yourself. What's a pattern that keeps happening to me that doesn't happen to other people? Because you know what? I guarantee you're going to find something. You're like, yeah, I always I always attract the cheating guy, but none of my friends do. Guess what? You're the common denominator. So you can dig from there. And then is there something within there that you're not speaking up about? And again, you can start small. And when we're talking about downers, for example, maybe it's you always pick the phone up when that friend calls, but they're kind of toxic. Stop picking it up right away. Call them back two days later. Mm-hmm. Then, then you're spreading it. Now we're stretching. You know, you can edge out. But I will say this. If you don't get into this work, the patterns keep happening until you stop it. And also, even once you do speak up, you're going to get a tester because just because you speak up that first time on that pattern of that thing uh, and you're like, ah, I got it. I finally got it. 
I guarantee you the universe is going to throw you a tester to be like, did you really get it though? Yeah. So you're going to bring it with you. Like if you're in a bad relationship and you can't speak up, you better solve it within that relationship because the next one, the problem's still going to be there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I would say start small, but try to start to identify at least and write down what are the things that I don't like about my life that seemingly keep happening. You know, because it's always that. It's always something. I keep attracting these horrible girls. I keep running into health problems. I keep whatever the thing is. And you just dig back a little bit to see where did that come mm. from? Where am I getting that from? I also would say, you know, listen, go download my free audiobook and start listening to some affirmations. You know, imprint your subconscious. Uh, there are so many free YouTubes and and things that have to do with, you know, affirmations and just start to fill your subconscious mind with it. I would say, though, the biggest thing is trying to detach yourself and not spend time with people that are toxic and judgy. And you know who they are because after hanging out with them, you don't really feel good. Yeah. That's always the, so you know how it is. You've been there with someone who was a friend at one point and you're like, why don't I not really feel great after hanging out with Sally? And you're like, this Sally's probably a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, no. You know, moving away from downers and then also keep your dreams close to the vest. Whether you need to get an unbiased coach, a therapist, or a buddy, that's fine. Stop telling Mary, stop telling the downers about your excited yeah. goals and dreams and just shut it. I think Steve Harvey said, don't tell $100 people your million dollar dreams. So I've learned in my own life, you know, we all know, you know, you know you how it is. You call a friend and they're like, yeah, rah, and they're cheerleading you. And then you go call someone else in your family or somewhere else. And they're like, you're going to do that. I don't know if that's going to work. And it's kind of a downery and you're wanting them to be excited for they you. Can't. They're not going to be. Stop going to them. They can't go to the people that are like fostering and encouraging. And so again, the small steps are avoiding, detaching, getting maybe a little less combos and mm -hmm. time with those types of people, but then also looking at like, what are your patterns? So, I mean, those are two first steps and I'm, I you know, if you took my confidence masterclass, I think there's a lot of juicy stuff in there that you'd be able to go, okay. You're, I, I kind of get it. I've got a similar scenario. I, you know? I love this so much. And I think for the person who's like, oh, but this, but Mary, you can hang on Mary in a group. Cause like I have some people that if I, that I didn't even know they were downers until I hung with them by themselves. And I'm like, oh, okay. Noted. This person is fine in a group, not one-on-one. -on -one. And now we know yeah. we don't have to even go back to the conversation. We have to go, oh, I, we just can like, oh, learn that lesson. And I think that is really important because I think some people mean it means never. It just means that that person might be better with buffers. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I'll give a brief example. I don't often give, but, uh, and I can't say who it is, but I'll just put it this way. One of the most famous Academy Award winning actors I used to actually uh, work with briefly and they I realized what a downer pain in the ass this person was just in an individual in this world. And they wanted me so bad to work with them and pay me all this money to fly to this location to like, just be their person to hang out with while they were on set. Anybody in the world would have said yes. And I was like, I'm not going to fucking hang out with this person. No, no, because I'd be selling my fucking soul to go do a thing for a means to an end. And frankly, I didn't trust the carrot that they were dangling in front of me for it anyway. <laughs> but in general, most people would be like, why would you turn that mm -hmm. down? Because I don't want to be in that toxic energy. That's why, despite how famous and what they could have done for my career or whatever, it's not worth it because that's out of integrity. Yeah, That's bullshit. That's me. That I don't, that doesn't feel right. Oh my God. Elle, you are fucking a badass. I mean, you know that already, but what I, what I really love you. is like, so are you, you've got a great personality. Fucking awesome. Love your confidence. <laughs> Thank you. Words of affirmation are my love language. Um, 
<laughs> but I, Me too. but I, but I, what I love is like, we have everyone listening. You have so many examples from dating to relationships, to entrepreneurialism, see yourself in all of these things. And then tell us how are you going to use these beat action items in your life? What are your takeaways? Tag L Russ, tag the beat pod, share this with a friend. You can share this with your downer friends. You don't have to tell them that they're the downer. You can just say, Hey, I heard this amazing podcast on confidence. Here you go. <laughs> and so, you know, because honestly, like we can have a bigger effect on people around us without having those confrontational conversation can be a throwaway can just be like, Hey, you might like this. And you know, until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the be it till you see it podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of As The Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week that you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Hey loves, it's me, Leslie, and I am excited to talk about socks because we need to talk about socks all the time because I love being barefoot. I am not a fan of shoes. You'll rarely see me in shoes. Even when I have people at my house and they're in shoes, I am barefoot or I'm in my toe socks and Tavi Active socks. And the reason is that I've got tile floors and um, they're not so nice to my feet. So I do love a cute sock. And I also only use their socks when I am doing Pilates. I love that they have an amazing sticky gripness to them. It also, when I'm teaching in other people's studios, having those socks on keeps me from slipping around in a studio and really allows me to root where I'm planted. Plus they're freaking cute. Have you seen toe socks and Tavi's socks? I mean, my goodness, they are the cutest styles all the time. The Barbie socks, I can't get enough of. I think I need to buy three pairs. So here's the deal. I want you to get yourself a pair of toe socks or Tavi Active socks and you can go to beapod.com slash toe socks. That's going to take you over to toe socks. Feel free to explore a Tavi and you can use my discount code Leslie, that's L-E-S-L-E-Y to make sure you save some money on your socks because the reality is, is you should just get the most amazing, cutest socks and also save some money because you listen to this podcast. So make sure you check those out the next time you are looking for some socks to wear in Pilates, yoga, bar, or around your house like I do.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.